We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> consent. That's stupid football team. What football team? You know, that, that super blue football team from, uh, I was going to say from Penn, you know, from Pennsylvania, but I guess you can say from New York too. Although I was, I to all those Bills fans out there, I'm not referring to you guys. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to find out what happens. I, I like my tables. So <laughs> tables. Oh, that's great. Um, I wanted to say things out loud so that I remember. One thing I thought about is we didn't actually explain what a schlub was last time. There might be people who don't know what a schlub is. Explain it right now. We're live. So do it. Oh, are you going to, you going to include this on the thing? Oh yeah. yeah I, this to- is, I this told is, you, yeah. I'm just, I'm just starting it. I'll, I'll remind you like maybe one more no, time okay. after this, but we're just well, going. You, might, you can still, you can still cut shit out if you want to. Right. I, I could. Yeah. But, but this is, this yeah. is the banter. This is, this is what the people yeah. are here for. Right. All right. Well, a schlub <laughs> is, is a, is a Yiddish word. Yiddish is the language that the, um, the Jews of Eastern Europe spoke. Um, most Americans who are of Jewish heritage, including myself are descended from those Jews. And so schlub basically means bum. It's kind of just like a lazy sort of doofusy kind of dirty kind of bum. So that's what a schlub is for anybody who was wondering. And to be clear, that is you, right? I mean, I'm not actually really like a schlub. I think, weren't we joking that Matt is probably closer to a schlub? Didn't, Matt, didn't you say that? I or am I putting words? Or deny saying am I that. putting words in your mouth? Oh, anyways, we're, I'm considered the schlub in the title because I'm the only one of Jewish heritage here, and you guys were the only jocks. I mean, I never played sports in school, whereas whereas you guys both did. So. You That's threw right. a mean, slow curve, though. And by mean, I mean not mean at all. Um, uh, I'll have you know that it was fucking nasty and people could <laughs> not hit it. Okay. You, you maybe could, but most people couldn't. Most people in that league. That was like when Mike Buckmeyer said that he threw the, the ball as hard as he could and I hit it into the parking lot at <laughs> SRS. I was like... Yeah. It didn't didn't matter. I could hit whatever I wanted to when I was twelve. Well, right. Well, it's all about levels. Like in my in our the league where Matt and I played against each other, my pitching was able to be really good against most people. But people at at Matt's level obviously could still hit me and could hit my curve. But most most of those kids couldn't. So, domination, domination. I still remember your homer against Waldo when we went to that tournament when we were undefeated that year. Yeah. I thought we were going to win that that game. I know we, we, I just, I remember because you let off the game. That was the very first first at bat of the game. 
first pitch. Yeah, first pitch. And I remember in the dugout, like our team was so fucking pumped, dude. And we were like flying high. We're like, oh, we got this. And I think that didn't you get like the only hit of the game? Maybe maybe yeah, there's maybe, one or two. Maybe we had but... yeah, maybe we had like two or three hits total. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think Waldo ended up hitting Homer too, and it just went downhill from there. Yeah. But we were pumped up for a second. For a second. It was yeah, it was just I just remembered like the range of emotions is so funny. Like that after that first at bat, so happy. <laughs> yeah. uh, now we're gonna have to pay for the rights for that so we're just gonna oh crap yeah uh, sorry bruce we didn't get too far in right that's less than 10 seconds or whatever uh. <laughs> um that was uh grungy days by grungy days um juice sprungstein and the d street band there perfect <laughs> so good so good all right I'm going to dive into something real quick because mask, Matt, mask, Matt asked me before you hopped on. I'm sure you've, you've already seen it too, but. Oh yeah. I didn't even like absorb it. Yeah. 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 So I've got for the people who are watching on YouTube, which we had quite a few people watch on YouTube. So really, yeah. Yeah. Pretty. I'm, I'm going to give some stats and some talk about some things, but first I wanted to address my outfit today. The Phillies are playing the Yankees just happened to work out. Didn't even know it was going to be like this on the schedule, but my cousin Greg reached out to me after our first episode and we had all the Godfather goddaughter talk. And I didn't mention my godson Domenico on the podcast and he was upset about that. So Domenico, I have this Phillies Jersey on for you. I love you, buddy, but I hope the stinky Phillies lose tonight. Now, I have a question about this because I saw Greg's comment about that on Facebook or wherever it was about Domenico um, being mad you didn't mention. What I want to know, was Domenico actually listening or did Greg just relay this information? Because I distinctly remember dropping a lot of F-bombs during the Godfather conversation. I mean, really the whole entire time, but. Hey, we put the rating on there. It's explicit. Yeah. So okay. you know, that's, so they... that's up to parental Okay, so if, if Greg if Greg let him listen to that, then that's then that's fine. All right. Yeah, and, and Ethan, don't worry. That you know, I had people cite you as the passionate one. Well, so that, that's good. I Colin mean, was the professional, uh-huh. uh, and they called me the glue guy, which I'm happy to be the glue guy. So. I like that. Actually, I like all three of those. I think that's good. Yeah, I think it works. Yeah. <laughs> At least I mean we're you know one point one episodes in, so. We'll, 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 We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that, so thank you for everyone who did listen. Um, uh, keep the feedback coming. We're 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 figuring this out. I mean, we're we're talking through what we want. Yeah. So, so you um, want to you want to hear some stats and some numbers yeah. and some chatter about things? I wrote I wrote all this down because there was there was a lot, and I'm sure you guys got more that you can add into this. So this is just what what I got. First, I'll just give some raw numbers. Uh, we definitely had a good first week in terms of downloads, and we had just about the same amount in views on YouTube. And this is the first time I've ever put a video of any podcast. I've been podcasting for three years. And so I had an inkling that people were going to want to see us, but I guess that's kind of paid off. We have a subscriber on YouTube. We had a like on YouTube. So good feedback there. I was looking at the podcast today on Apple Podcasts. We already have three ratings, five stars, all ratings. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So we are and, well and on our way. <laughs> just to, just to be fair, that 
it's not all us because I didn't I didn't do that. So I haven't not, subscribed say, or rated. So it's not it's not us. So uh, <laughs> that, that's good. That means that means they're real. This yeah. is so classic too. Like I doubt Ethan will ever listen to a single episode of this ever. Not that you need to listen to it, but I enjoyed. Like I was laughing out loud listening to us, and yeah, like I'm closer to it. But I don't know. I I thought it was good. So five or three five-star ratings already on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be in the top 100 before you know it. Um, Okay, we've had uh, a bunch of segment ideas already. Uh, Mutual friend Devin, who you all know from down here in Charlotte, is pushing very hard to have his own NFL segment when the season starts. And I will say to that, Devin, you are in the early lead based on – being the only person to show interest in the segment <laughs> right now, but you guys give me your thoughts on that at some other point. Uh, we had another good buddy, Jake Champagne, reach out and say that we should do a Saber Metrics segment for dummies. I know you guys thought that was a real good idea. Maybe I have we'll an get idea into for that. that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, those were a couple segments. Let's see what else do I got written down here. Uh, I think those are the big things, honestly. Um, I mean, I mean, I'm all, I'm all for the saber metrics for dummies, um, and also, you know, for for forcing us to like you know, an NFL segment's good. You know, I guess yeah. bouncing around. What's going on in the world of sports? This doesn't just have to be us talking about baseball. So. Well, and I love the idea of having guests who are like more into other stuff than us. So, like, yeah. I'm assuming if if Devin wanted to do that, I'm assuming he's like a huge football fan. So that would be awesome to have him come on and talk. Because I I don't follow football that closely anymore, as you guys know. Yeah, well, so I mean, he's from New Hampshire, so I don't know how Pats, maybe probably Pats fan. Well, I mean, I don't care what his fandom is, but I mean, he's from New Hampshire, so <laughs> what does that mean? Go uh, Rivercats, right? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to rag on him. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he'll be texting me tomorrow when he that's, hears. That's this, the so. only sports team I know up there, and that's probably wrong. Fisher Cats, maybe I don't know. Is Fisher that the, is that the double A or single yeah. A team? Yeah, yeah, he saw Mookie Betts play when oh, he was okay. coming out yeah that's when he was he was still living there so yeah it's good cool. good call there so speaking of 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 jumping into other sports there's a reason i'm doing this because did anyone else watch the uh, game six of the finals last night highlights no no one did anyone nope. see uh Giannis or thanasis antetokounmpo get their uh get their rings so they joined their brother costas antetokounmpo yeah, I practiced that like three times. Yeah, good job, dude. I'm very impressed. Yeah, um, you're better than some people on TV today. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I practiced. I, I put the time in because I care. Um, <laughs> That's why we're going to be a top hundred podcast. Yeah, exactly. Matt puts in that time. Um, no, I, I just the thing I thought cool was was cool is it's uh, now all three Antetokounmpo brothers have rings. It's it's the first time it's ever happened in the NBA. But that yeah. is cool. Um, the only, I mean, the other thing was, and I, I watched highlights too, Colin. I didn't watch the actual whole thing, but uh, just it's amazing to see uh, Giannis just dominate the game the way he did. Like they call him the Greek freak for a reason. Like yeah. his arms are just so damn long. Like <laughs> he just, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're in between him and the basket, he'll just reach around you. So the, all the highlights and the dunks and the blocks and him in the post uh, is just nuts. And then when you factor in the last two years, he learned how to shoot three at least passably and it's like wow well no wonder so yeah um and then just as a, another follow-up if you guys get a chance to watch him he posted a video on tiktok this morning of him going through the drive-thru at chick-fil-a 
ordering 50 chicken nuggets, not 51, not 49, but exactly 50 to match the points that he scored last night <laughs> in his NBA finals Amazing. Uh, game six. So uh, definitely, I think one of the top closeout performances of all time for any sport. Um, I mean, he was, he was purely dominant. That was pretty cool to watch, uh, watch those highlights. Yeah. But I'm, uh, I'm so happy for him. The, one of the last things we did pre COVID me, Tim and Toddy, while she was pregnant, we went to see the Bucks play the Hornets and Giannis had a triple double yeah. just completely dominated. It was so cool to see him play. So I'm just, I told Toddy this morning, I was like, you've seen another NBA champion in, in real life. So. Pretty cool. Yeah. And now, uh, now the other thing that was kind of unique is, uh, Guys who are just playing each other in a, in a very, very heated NBA finals are going to have to down the same jersey and, and go over uh, overseas and start playing for Team USA. So mm. uh, just a couple of interesting articles out there talking the, the dynamic there that, you know, joking. They probably won't be friends, but at least they'll, uh, <laughs> it's a little bit different atmosphere now, um, you know, going and representing your country. Uh, that is assuming the Olympics happen. I know yeah. there's, if you guys have been seeing that, but there's some rumors about last minute cancellations. I don't know if that's, um, you know, politics over in Japan or if that's a, a, a real uh, potential possibility, but um, you know, I hope to make the right choice uh, for the safety of everyone, but also it'd be cool to see the games happen after everything that's happened this past year. Um, so. I mean, okay. I don't want to bring, I don't want to bring everything down, but like the Olympics, I mean, we didn't talk about this and we don't need to go in depth, but I believe, what was her name? Shikari Richardson, Shikari, Shikari. Yep. The, the, the amazing sprinter who's like our best and who got um, disinvited because she tested positive for, for weed. I mean, and they also, the Olympics, or was it the Olympics or is like some, some um, international swimming organization um, said that they would not allow these new swim caps that were um, made specifically for, for the hair of people of color. Yeah. That um, was the that so was like, the Olympic Federation. Yeah. Okay. So like both of those things. I mean, fuck the Olympics. Like, I don't give a shit. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> like it's it's twenty it's twenty twenty one, and you're gonna pull shit like that? Like that's unbelievable. Uh, well, to no. quote the um, the venerable uh, Robin Williams, um, the only way marijuana is a performance enhancing drug is if there's a giant fucking Hershey bar right at the hit finish line. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not there to you know it's it's not there to give you any performance boost. It's there to you know mellow you out so the fact that i mean it's insane. I, I really hope the uh whether it's the world anti-doping agency or the u.s anti-doping agency rules uh, are updated relatively quickly to reflect kind of changing feelings um yeah about marijuana now the tough part is it's it's if it's wada if it's world anti-doping agency despite their foul-ups with a lot of stuff so far it's the world anti-doping it's everyone um, so just because it's becoming more acceptable here culturally for us, uh, it may not be that way elsewhere, which is a shame. Um, cause you're right. I don't think it's performance enhancing, but, uh, yeah. Ethan, you can speak, uh, to, you know, more from experience than I can. Right. Wink. I sure can. Um, I sure can. But, uh, that was, you said that all very, you said that all very professionally. I'm impressed. You said that way nicer than me, who was just like, fuck the Olympics, but that well, is, you're then, supposed to do that though. That's why I mean, you're the glue guy and I'm the passion guy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, glue guy, passion guy, professional, because Colin is the professional. Right, so just sitting there out. quietly, yeah, letting us fucking ramble on like morons. Well, well, well shout out well, Gary, Gary Artman. Thanks for the list and thanks for the comments. Um, but, yeah. Sweet. Yeah. 
Yeah, we we also had that reminds me of another shout out. We had a basketball coach who she said to me, she's like, I don't normally listen to things like this, but you guys kept me entertained. She was taking a trip from New York, like down to DC for a recruiting trip. So we're, oh, nice. we're making waves with people who don't even like this type of stuff. Well, that's impressive. Cause we last time, I mean, what did we say? It was like an hour and 13 minutes. And I think like 45 minutes of that was like pretty intense baseball statistic talk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but Hey, um, I mean, we had the, we had the home run derby, the all-star game going on. We had our, uh, our Shohei and Mike Trout and all-time great baseball player talk. I mean, you know, that's good. true. That's true. That's good content, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing what's wrong with talking content. about baseball? No, talking about baseball is great. We just were going like hardcore into like the stat stuff, pretty pretty heavy for quite a while. I mean, we were talking. I think we were like talking war and just overall value and like the yeah. deeper level stats for for quite a while. Look when we were talking about Degrom and stuff. You know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we love baseball. Our, our our logo that you had designed colin was is us at a baseball game so that's yep. true i mean you know just was that one at city or was that at yankee stadium that, that was at city field that was at city okay. yeah awesome seats stephen colbert sings the national anthem oh that's right yankees win masahir tanaka pulls both hamstrings i lost that bases. what a good game oh the prop bet i forgot about yeah that. i lost that yeah Hilarious. it's okay i'll make you pay up one of these days yeah can't wait Okay. So what are you drinking, Colin? I am drinking an IPA from Lenny Boy Lenny here Boy. in Charlotte. Is that like a, is that like a, a Salinger reference? Not Salinger. Who, who's the famous book? Uh, are you thinking of um, John Steinbeck? Are you thinking of yeah, Mike? Steinbeck? Yeah. yeah. So, uh, oh, okay. I mean, his, the character is Lenny. I don't know. There wasn't any Lenny Boy that I remember, okay. but okay. I also read that like in high school. So I don't know. I read it in it high school because be it was short. I picked it because it's nice, nice, nice small book. Yeah, it's good, but sad. Ethan, you, you, you drinking anything? I'm having, I'm having bourbon again. I I still haven't gotten any beer. Look at that. I need to just send you some beer. I think, I think I'll, I'll just do that. You can, that's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get some, I mean, you know, I live fucking 20 minutes from other half. I just, I just haven't uh, gone recently. I've just been busy and shit. So. Well, I was saying the same reason Colin's wearing the Phillies jersey. I'm wearing the other, the, the bottle logic hat. Because uh, I've got a got a bottle logic coffee stout tonight called Red Eye November. That's gonna it's gonna, just like last week. It's uh, it's fourteen percent, a half liter. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be nice and toasty tonight. Got the oh yeah the glassware to match too. So, uh, dude, you're looking. I have to say, with your N sixty four shirt plus those headphones, you look like and and the hat with like the flat brim. You look like you're straight out of nineteen ninety eight. Hey. I mean, it's awesome. I like it. Just, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, I, I was just hoping I wouldn't look too John boy tonight. So, Oh, is that his look kind of, uh, he'll do the flat brim hat. He's got the unkempt face. He's, he's got a rounder face and complexion kind of like me. Maybe I got a couple pounds on him, but, yeah. um, it's all right. It's all right mm-hmm. for the, for the show tonight. I got to do what I got to do. That's right. Now, what else do we have on the docket? We talked, so we talked about, well, Matt, do you have any more beer stuff that you want to talk about? Well, hey, so so I, I was joking with some folks last week because uh, regarding the the beer enthusiast meetup, but I do want to talk, like, I did go to a beer share this past weekend, so it's, uh, for, for the uh, uninitiated, um, us beer nerds really like beer, and uh, it kind of like a Pokemon effect, like, we got to try them all, like, it's, 
like you know that that un, the the app out there untapped is like the worst creation ever because i just want to keep ticking like i, I want to keep logging all the beers tell I have. us it's how like, many beers you have checked in on uh, on untapped currently over six thousand, which is yeah, you know, we'll, we'll get the exact number soon enough very but, impressive uh, but it's it's uh you never can drink them all but i gotta i gotta try so anyway i met up with um a couple folks out uh out in the midwest for a, a good beer share um and it's exactly what it sounds like. We, we, we pick a place, everyone brings some, some special bottles um, and you sit around, you eat some, you eat some tasty food and you drink some harder to get beers. Yeah. You don't want to just bring like uh, you know, Bud Light, you know, you want to bring something that's hard to find. So I'll pull some stuff out of the cellar. That's going to be fun to drink. Bud Light. And uh, you literally just, we sat around the table, played, played with the dogs and drank beer all night. It was a blast. Um, and uh you know, it's, it's, it's fun because it, it, sometimes it happens, uh, you know, if you're waiting in line for a beer release, you know, say you're, say you're waiting in line at the brewery, sometimes it can happen spontaneously there. Sometimes you get a bunch of people meeting up. Uh, sometimes it's just three people, you know, half the time I have shares with the Artmans, uh, maybe you need to bleep their name. I don't know. Um, shout out Gary and Jen. Thank you. Um, you know, it's just standing in their kitchen, enjoying some really, really good beers. Um, but, uh, there's, there's, it's, it's interesting because it's a culture in and of itself. There's, there's etiquette rules, you know, um, everyone likes the beer they've got. Um, so you never want to shit talk anyone else's beer, even if you don't like it, you want to make sure like you want to be complimentary, but you also want to bring nice beer. You want to bring something that, you know, you don't want to try to find something that's good that no one's had. Uh, you want to, you know, you want to have a, a similar level of, um, let's say obscurity or of hard to, you know, hard to getness, you know, scarcity, maybe it's a better word. I am the, I, the Valedic. Hard, yeah, to, I am the hard to forgetness. Hard, hard to, hard, yeah. So it's, that it's, should you, be our news podcast slogan. Listen to us, this podcast, we are full of hard to forgetness or some, something like hard that. to getness. I said, Oh, I thought you said hard to forget. No, hard to get. So, you know, scarce, hard, harder to right. find beers. Hard to getness is good too. That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, and you know, but very like, I mean, I, I can't say I've ever had a bad beer with 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 it, some of these shares. It, it was a blast this past weekend. We got to try some really really neat stuff, and um, obviously the other part of it is you want to make sure that you're either at a place where you've got safe transportation, or you've got a, you're at a place where you can go to bed uh, and crash because after you know after a night of drinking beers that can get up to like eighteen or nineteen percent, you don't really want to be out in the road. So usually it's uh, drink until the wee hours in the morning and then crash but uh, it was a good time. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm looking forward to more of this type of stuff now that COVID's kind of subsiding with the Delta caveat and all that bullshit. But right. Yeah. Matt, what goes into the hunt? Like how, I, I feel like you're like in, limited in some ways to what's in your certain geographical area area. Like I know you can probably buy shit online and whatnot, but that can probably get, way more expensive like how do you find beers after a certain while that you've never had well covid has been great because it's allowed states have opened up their laws for shipping beer and buying online but before that um like for example before before covid you could not ship beer legally into the state of kentucky um they had laws set up there to protect the bourbon industry um, so they didn't want alcohol shipped into state um, so there's a lot of uh, restrictions there. So you, you are right. You're kind of at the mercy of what's distributed in your local area. Um, and, and part of it is um, kind of being in the know with your local beer stores and bottle shops as to, you know, when certain releases are going to hit the shelves. Cause 
sometimes a bottle shop may only get six bottles of something rare. Uh, sometimes it's it's clicking the F5 key on your keyboard fast enough and refreshing so that when a beer is released online, you can buy a ticket so you can go pick it up at the brewery. Uh, and sometimes it's it's dumb luck. There's some um, really, really excellent Belgian beers out there that, um, you know, it, it's imported with a couple especially importers and distributors. So it, sometimes they just kind of show up at a store and it may not be a store you ever expect to see them at. Uh, but when you do, it's, it's uh, you know, kind of kind of neat you got to be ready to ready to pounce on it uh in the case of the stuff i'm drinking tonight bottle objects in anaheim california and they they really only distribute in the state of california um so i got this in the trade um which is another kind of subculture of beer you know of, of beer culture um essentially i've got this special beer here in my geography and you've got that special beer in your geography let's figure out a way to to exchange um whether it's um, you know, people who are pick them up during travels for work and can trade them in person, or there's a, a big culture of mailing beer to each other, which I know I've, I've sent some, some, some beer to you guys, some samples. Um, and I, I just, maybe we need to bleep that column because technically you're not supposed to really send beer through the mail. Um, but, um, you know, so you can do some, some exchanges with people if you've got something they're looking for. And, and there's communities set up all over the place. There's Reddit groups, there's Facebook groups, there's Instagram groups, there's uh, sites like Beer Advocate where they've got forums where you can, you can set up kind of um, what trades you want. And again, the negotiations are kind of interesting because uh, everyone values their own beer um, maybe higher. Everyone thinks that, you know, they put in special effort and they, you know, they, they took all this time and effort to get their own beer. So it's, it's always kind of interesting because you'll have some people who are really strict about like, I paid 30 bucks for this. I want you to send me something versus 30 bucks or that's worth 30 bucks. Hmm. And then there's another camp that's like, well, this, I only paid 30 bucks for this, but it's really hard to get. And it's very limited. So I value it at $200. So you need to send me $200 worth of beer. Um, which yeah, Colin, your, your expression there is exactly right. Like it's, it's very, very tricky, especially when you get into the secondary market and the secondary valuations. And, and the same can be said for wine and for sneakers and for, uh, bourbon, you know, it's, it's, it gets messy out there and there's all, there's nefarious players out there taking advantage of people. But if you find a good group of people, um, that aren't looking to screw each other, um, it can be a really, really fun pastime and an addicting pastime and, as you've seen with my um, beer cellar, um, a very, very um, uh, time-consuming and resource-consuming pastime, but also very fun and something I enjoy quite a bit. So Ethan will get you up here one of these days. Uh, and, and Colin, the cellar has grown. I was storing like six cases of beer with my friends because I wasn't sure I could move it with the movers when I came from Kentucky to, uh, to, to Pennsylvania. So now I have those six cases back. And so now it's even more overflowing down there. So you guys need to help come up and uh, come up and help me drink all that stuff. <laughs> no invite needed, but I've talked enough about beer. So uh, you know, I need to swig some of the beer I've got right now. And you guys can start talking. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to talk, we're going to, do we want to do like saber metrics for dummies? Do we want to? Well, I figured I could at least do an intro with you. Um, then Colin pipe in too, but essentially the whole, you know, a, a really good intro is going to Netflix and watching Moneyball with oh, uh, yeah. the lovely Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. But um, the whole idea is it's, it's Sabermetrics is a, a statistical system uh, developed by Bill James. Um, 
kind of focused on finding value where it, value in players that may be overlooked. Um, so, you know, looking at value with, with pitchers and value with hitters um, in terms of run generation or run, run prevention um, and, and really looking at um, other factors instead of the standard batting average, home runs and RBI, you know, let's look at other things. Let's look at how often they get on base. Let's look at how good they're actually, you know, pitchers are at, at preventing runs. Let's look at um, stuff like park factors where we're going to normalize the parks across the, the, the league because baseball has all different stadiums. Um, some stadiums are better for hitters. Some stadiums are better for pitchers. So uh, if you're comparing a great hitter at a pitcher friendly stadium versus a great hitter at a batter friendly stadium, well, it's not an even comparison. So how do we, how do we level the playing field and actually see how they compare to each other? Uh, and so there's a lot of different avenues out there to make those comparisons. And, you know, I think, I don't know, we, what, do you, what do you think? We tackle maybe one or two of those statistics a week. Yeah. Just I talk mean, through I had, what it does. Yeah. yeah. I had like a specific one that I wanted to do today. Yeah. Start us. Go ahead. Yeah. So, um, and actually I'm inspired by the, um, the StatCast broadcast. So for those who don't know, um, on ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, I don't know if they're doing it every time, but they're doing it occasionally. There's an alternate broadcast called the StatCast broadcast, okay? StatCast is an organization, an entity, whatever, um, that that does like insanely detailed record keeping of all of these stats, what we call sabermetrics or analytics, whatever you want to call it. And it's really nice that for, for those who are curious, I highly recommend the StatCast broadcast. Um, it's, it's like a, a regular, you know, typical broadcaster, like play-by-play guy, former major leaguer um, doing like the color. And then like a guy from StatCast who kind of will talk about the stats and everything. And in this case, it was Mike Petriello, who's, who's well known in that world. And it was interesting. So he was answering questions that he was getting occasionally throughout the game that he was getting on Twitter. And one of the questions, and this is what I wanted to talk about, was like, why doesn't, why don't you care about batting average, basically? And so I figured this would be a good place to start because it's so basic. And because there still is this aura, there still is this sort of mystique with batting average, right? Like we still, when we think of batting average, we still can just picture um, 406 in 1941 for Ted Williams, right? We can see these things so viscerally. We can see Ty Cobb, 367 career batting average, the best all time, right? Like there's, there's so much history there and so much passion, right? And so a lot of people have so much value on that. And so the idea that it maybe doesn't mean anything anymore can be hard. But let me try to convince anybody who's skeptical. What Petriello talked about is what OPS, which, which is not that complicated. But I want to talk about that anyways, because I, it's, it's, I think it's an easy way to get into it. So the first thing you need to understand, batting average does not take into account walks. And it doesn't weigh the differences between singles, doubles, triples, and homers. Okay. It's just no matter what kind of hit you get, that counts as a hit. And that's that. And it doesn't include walks at all. Okay. OPS stands for on base plus slugging. So on base percentage plus slugging percentage. So on base percentage obviously is exactly what it says, including walks and hits and whatever. It's the percent of times that you get on base. And then slugging percentage weighs the types of hits that you get. So you get more points for homers, for triples, for doubles. Okay. So any any baseball fan or staff member who, who's really trying to see, okay, who's actually better? Who's a really good hitter here? If you're really trying to measure actual offensive skill, OPS is just infinitely more valuable. And frankly, 
batting average is, is garbage. Like you, you really shouldn't bother with it anymore at all. The only reason, the only reason to is again, that history bit that I was talking, uh, talking about and us three who have loved baseball so much all our lives. There's still, like I said, there still is that sort of mystique, but it doesn't matter. OPS, however, was, is going to tell you how often is this person walking and getting on base? Are they, are they hitting uh, a lot of extra base hits? Are they getting a lot of doubles, triples, and homers? Do they actually have some power? Are they making good contact? So OPS is just telling you so much more. So next time you want to check out some player and you want to get a general idea of his offensive skill, go right to OPS. And that's going to give you a, a great idea right off the bat. You don't even need to look at anything else. Just that is going to tell you a lot. And just um, a frame of reference, um, 800 is like good, 800 OPS, 900 is great. Um, thousand is like amazing. That's like, that's like top, top. Yeah. Notch. You answered my question there. I was going to, I was just about to ask what's a good OPS. Cause kind of everyone knows like, you know, 300 was a good batting average. Like if you're batting 300 or above, you're a good hitter. Uh, 230 is a good batting above average kinda, these days. <laughs> yeah. 280 or above is like, yeah, you know, the new standard because everyone stinks. Right. Now, and but. 400 is like a really excellent on base. Um, although yeah. these days, even 370 and 380 are very good for on base for slugging. 500 is really good. 600 is great. 700 is amazing um, to give people another idea. Um, and this takes this is a more historical thing, and it does take into account batting average. But you can you can kind of look people up and there's a rare season that hasn't happened that many times in history. Um, uh, relatively speaking, it's happened plenty of times, but in all of history, not that much. So if one player has a 300 batting average, a 400 on base and a 500 slugging all in the same year, that's like a really, really great accomplishment and doesn't happen that often. Now, again, you can take the batting average piece out of it. doesn't matter. So if we take that out, 400 on base, 500 slugging, that, that's a 900 OPS, which as I said, is excellent. So that, that was what I wanted to say. I don't know if you guys have any other, if you have other stats or anything you wanted to bring to the table, but I thought that was a good one to start with. I'm going to count. Anything you want to talk about? Well, or do you want I, to say that we can like, cause you know, I, I'm envisioning going into stuff like, you know, batting average on balls and play like that, you know, Babbitt, that was one that was like, I struggled with for a long time, but yeah. like, you know, and weighted runs created plus, like I want to get into some of the, some of the deeper ones eventually, Ooh. but I want to start, I want to start with, yeah, we start, we'll start first. bit by bit, you know, yeah. little by little. Yeah. 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 I think it's a good introduction. My, here's my two cents. The first cent is a really good comparison, maybe for people who listen to podcasts, a lot of people who listen to podcasts, maybe do their own podcasting batting average is the equivalent of download numbers. It doesn't tell the full story. You can download a podcast, but it doesn't mean you actually listened to the podcast. And if you listened and you download it, it doesn't tell you if you listened all the way through the podcast. So it, it just is this really vague number. So podcasting in terms of stats and the way that they monetize is in the 1950s, whereas you know, baseball is in its glory days right now with the amount of data. My second cent is to, I guess, frame the reason why sabermetrics and analytics as a whole are so important is because it helps front offices understand value when it comes to players. And value, whether the old school baseball people like it or not, is the most important thing in baseball right now because value ties in directly to revenue ties in directly to payroll ties in directly 
to the luxury tax threshold. And that is team construction to a T right there. And so this is why sabermetrics matter. This is why the details and the nerdiness matter is because the front offices, the people making the decisions about team construction, about what they're going to pay players is based on these numbers. And we can have separate discussions at some point about, you know, how like Theo um, was saying how it's a leveling the playing field, like way too much in the sense that we have, we have robots playing these days. Like everyone plays the same way because the data tells you to play one way that can make you a lot of money. And so everybody tries to replicate their game that way. Whereas like previous to sabermetrics, there was a lot more, there were a lot of different variations to style of play within the game that's a whole different conversation but the point is that sabermetrics matter they shouldn't tell the full story but they matter much more than the old school baseball people will lead you to believe and i don't i don't know what to tell them at this point because it's not going away maybe they're going to change in terms of the way that they're going to be used but if you want to watch baseball in the 21st century in 2021 and beyond these are terms and these are things that you need to learn. And they're also things that are going to tell you, you know, whether or not your team is going to maybe compete for a title, the way that they're constructed and put together. Like it's all important, relevant stuff. So that I just wanted to frame like why it's so important, why we talk about all these and we argue about them and, and everything like it, it, there's a reason for it, a pretty legitimate reason. They're also the reason that people under 30 don't want to watch watch baseball anymore. So. Oh, but see, I think it's the slowness of the game. I don't think it's the stats. Yeah, I, I, I think I, it's I a combination agree. of all. It's of it. 30, dude, it's at least 30 seconds between every fucking pitch. I, You guys know I love baseball. I've loved it my whole life. It is unwatchable all, at times. Yeah, well, but, all but, sports. Also, but also, Ethan, again, people, people with launch angle and, and with strikeout race now – you're going four or five, six minutes between balls are even put in play. Right, that right. too, that too. So again, Absolutely. I, I, I tie that back places. to sabermetrics. I say that, you know, if guys are going to adjust their launch angle and try and either hit a home run or strike out every time because that's the, new, the new thought process is strikeouts don't matter. But that yeah, but this, I, don't because, know, I don't think anybody actually thinks that, though. But, Sorry, but, Colin, you go. But the, the, the change in style came as a result of sabermetrics and, and the value that's placed on hitting home runs versus hitting singles and, you know, not striking out a lot. People would rather people hit a lot of home runs and strike out a lot. And so like, I, I see what you're saying, Matt, but it, at, at the same time, what I was going to say before that is it's more the pace of play that turns people off because like, I was just looking at it today, P, PFF in, in football, like there, all these other sports have these analytics companies that are trying to replicate what baseball has yeah. done really fucking good to this point. Yeah. And they're trying to figure that out for their sport. So like, it's all coming for football. It's all coming for basketball. Like there's oh, going to no, be a no, day no. where the rotation of the basketball and how that helps Steph Curry hit his threes and everything like that, that's coming. So no, 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 no. You, you, you were stealing my next point. Yeah. There, I mean, there's, there's, there, you can already see it. You're, you're hearing new terms in an NFL, like air yards per attempt. Yeah. What the, what the fuck is that? Like, <laughs> I, you know, before last year, I'd never heard of that. Yeah. Um, so, that, you know, uh, you're, you know, you're getting beyond basic efficiency ratings in the NBA now. Um, you know, you're getting beyond kind of the, the, the traditional stat keeping measures in these other leagues. Now, now one thing I was, as I was thinking through this, I, I need to reach out to a couple friends because I have no idea if there's anything similar happening in hockey. 
Um, I bet there is. I bet there, there's got to be. But I, I do we know nothing, anybody so. who's like a diehard hockey fan? I, I got a couple. Like, I got a couple do? college okay. buds. Uh, okay. um, I'd have to dig deep. Shout out to my friend Nader Nader Fatui up in uh, up in Boston. Probably the most knowledgeable hockey guy I know. He can come on and do a hockey segment. Sometime. Well, I, I, I'd love to have him on. He's the guy that actually got me into Sabermetrics. Uh, my the, the genesis in my freshman year of college talk, you know, he was the one that kind of educated me on that um, before I started talking with it, you know, about it with you knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, we're nerds. So, you know, yeah. I can talk about this stuff all day, but I am interested in potentially talking about it in other sports too. Cause it is, you know, you're right, Colin, at what point do people become robots? You know, at what point does, does, does the game not become fun anymore? Or, I mean, hopefully, maybe in, in some sports, the opposite happens. Maybe it makes things more exciting. I don't know. But Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see kind of how things unfold over the next, like, five, ten years, because I feel like it's super, super intense, and it's been growing and growing for the last few years. And I feel like it's it's almost it's almost maximal at this point. Right. Like we like you were uh, like you were saying, like every front office is using all of the data that they can and kind of have similar approaches, which is understandable. But how will that be? How will that be moving forward? Is it going to stay the same? Are some people going to branch out, um, focus on different things, pull back a little bit because, you know, maybe the results aren't what they thought they were going to be? Um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting I mean, to see. Definitely kudos to teams like the A's and the Rays who, Oh yeah. With, with shoestring budgets, budgets found ways to make, um, that's the other piece. Big budget teams like the Yankees look silly sometimes. Yeah. Um, that I wanted to say that too. Colin was doing a, Colin gave a great frame of the whole thing. Right. And one piece I would add is that the reason that this is so important in baseball and that it really made headway in baseball before other sports is baseball doesn't have a salary cap. There is the luxury tax, which was introduced in recent years and does serve similar analogous kind of purposes, but there's not an actual salary cap. And so your, your, your big, big budget teams in baseball, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Dodgers, blah, blah, blah. Their payrolls are like 180, 200 million a year. Okay. Oftentimes. Right. Whereas teams like the A's and the Rays, 40, 50, 60. So we're talking I think the Indians this year are one of the lowest. They're 49 million, I think. Okay. So we're talking about a massive, massive difference here. And so, um, you know, we brought up Moneyball earlier, right? That's what Moneyball was all about was, okay, we have this super, super limited budget. We have a hundred million fewer dollars than the Yankees. How are we going to, how are we going to make a competitive team? Well, we have to, we have to find value in players that other people are missing. And how do you do that with, you use fucking technology because we're able to quantify things that we never were able to do before. So. Well, and what's maddening is teams like the Rays and the A's are good every year. And even yeah. if, even if you get to the all-star break and it's like, Oh, the A's are in fourth place, like blink. And it's, it's September 1st and they're in the pennant race. And it's like, you kidding me? Like, <laughs> damn it. Like, uh, and, and same with the Rays, the Rays have been like a thorn in the side. And again, yeah. as much as I, I like that rivalry right now, Holy cow, man, they're a pain to play. They're good. Mm-hmm. And it, it almost feels like, and I know this is just me, you know, being being a victim here, but it almost feels like they're like designing their team just to beat the Yankees because they <laughs> beat the crap out of us, it seems like, uh, you know, on a yearly basis. Yeah, it does seem like that recently. Yeah. But yeah, it's just me being a, as Colin said, a, a, you know, sometimes I can trend toward the toxic Yankee fan. It's okay, though. It's okay. <laughs> I want to see number 27, 28, and 29, and 30 by the time I uh, 
by the time I die. Didn't we already, already get seed, 27, already seed 27. 27. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. I got a 28, 29, 30. Okay, there we go. Three yeah, don't hold your breath. <laughs> hey, they're tied right now with the Phillies, so you never know. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right, I'm going to – I'm going to interject uh, real quick so we can get our featured sponsor in here before I forget. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Back to protagonist here in Charlotte, North Carolina. As a reminder, so last Saturday was the birthday bash for uh, David. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the Hoff birthday bash, uh, David, David Hasselhoff. Um, that oh, was, God. yeah, a lot, a lot of fun. Uh, this Saturday is the first annual cornhole tournament and there is that $500 grand prize still eligible to win and actually signups end on the 22nd. So as you're hearing this podcast tomorrow, hopefully you still have a chance to sign up if you get in there quick. In addition, on, let's see, August 1st, from 1 to 4, they are partnering with Skip Town to throw a birthday party for all shelter dogs. And they will have dogs available for adoption, too. Yeah, I thought thought you guys would like this. So anyone who adopts a dog will receive a goodie bag with treats and other swag. One vet will also be on site with their mobile pet clinic providing free pet checkups. So uh, we'll, we'll push this out on social media too, with the poster and more information, but uh, definitely I'm sure it's on the site to check that all out. August 1st is the date for that. uh, If you're interested in that and we'll remind people on the podcast next week as well, but that's the update with our featured sponsor protagonist, Matt, anything you want to say? Protagonist brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina for people who don't know. Yeah, no, no. Protagonist Brewing down in Charlotte, North Carolina. No, I got to work on I got to work on my commercial voice, but no, I am I am looking forward to getting down there and checking them out. Yeah, me too. They sound like they are fucking just awesome people. They yeah. sound like they're running a really cool thing down there. So next time we're in town, we're definitely they, gonna hang. They've got a beer called Manny, Colin. That's not a that's not a Manny Ramirez beer, is it? Uh, I don't know, honestly. I mean, they're they're big sports people, so it could be. I, I'd have to look at it um, and see if there's any anything that i can glean from it but i don't know they've also got a they, they've also got an ipa on tap now called the danks obama which i just I get a <laughs> oh that's that. hilarious yeah yeah so it better be, it better be nice and danky so nice and happy oh, and that's so good one of these oh. days we'll, we'll try it out in person and actually uh actually I'll, I'll be able to give a review myself and of course ticker's got a tick i'll check it into my app and make sure i get it in the in the the quest to drink all the beers right right 
And I told you that one of the uh, owners is a fellow Ohio. And what, what do you call your, yourselves when you live out there? No, I'm come on. I'm still a New Yorker. I've lived in New York the most years of anything, but I so think Ohio wouldn't make sense. Yeah, but as an adult, though, I feel like living as an adult counts for more than as a kid. When you're a kid, you don't know. You don't care. But as an adult, there's like a sense of identity. You lived in Ohio as an adult for like 10 years. Are you guys years. saying you consider me from Ohio? No, but I think, well, when you were the living in Ohio. identity is. Yeah, and I think if somebody had asked you where you were from, like your eighth year in Ohio, it totally would have made sense to be like, oh, yeah, I'm from Ohio. I'm glad you nonchalantly said No. Because if he said yes, I'd, I'd be I'd be injured. I'd just <laughs> <You'd> be injured. <laughs> that would hurt. That would really hurt. Uh-huh. Um, I still say I'm from New York just because I spent the most years of my life in New York. But sure, uh, sure. but I guess Ohio is number two, and you're right. It, it was uh, 2007 to 2017, so it was a good uh, yeah, good man. time, good time, good state, good people. I miss it. I think you had a better run than LeBron did. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't even know how to respond to that, Colin. He got the championship and then buzzed out. That's all we cared about. Yeah, but you got to see it. So yeah. I got be, being being in that city for that uh, for that event was phenomenal. Although I'll give you one guess as to where I was that night. <laughs> studying. Uh, no, not studying. I was on the couch doing work. Oh, like Ooh. the three guys I lived with were all like, you got to come downtown. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, I got work to do. And then you look up and it's like, oh, they, they might actually win. Like, <laughs> you know, the, the, the whole self-deprecating uh, Cleveland sports um, <laughs> were hopeful, eternally hopeful, but never actually confident in our own teams. Um, you know, it was, it was, it was touching. Yeah, every year that just the hype they had over stuff like the draft or sure. like uh, I, I had a coworker who every year and uh, opening day was a big deal for baseball there. And every year, uh, and he, he was a deadpan guy, anyway, but he'd stop at my cube and just go, Matt, 162 and 0 starts today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then just keep walking without even waiting for a response. That, that was wild <laughs> bill. Uh, wild jobs, but so the eternal optimism was always touching. Um, the excitement for what were perennially bad teams was always nice to see. Uh, and frankly, the fact that I could go and see an Indians baseball game for seven bucks was also wonderful too. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, anyway, I digress. I, I miss that city. I miss Ohio. I do. I will. I will. I will give you guys that much. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I've got one last thing, and then you guys drive it the rest of the way. I got a game for us to play and I I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the game is and I'll give you my results first and I'll let you guys look up what your, uh, although some of it is going to be pretty easy. You'll just need to find your birthday. So anyway, you need the, the question was the best baseball player born on your birthday has to get on base Martinez. To, to save your life. Who? Oh, Pedro was born on my birthday. I said Pedro, but I didn't hear. I didn't hear the rest of the question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Listen all the way through. I, I stopped listening because I'm a fucking moron and I have yeah. terrible manners. Keep going. Exactly. Okay, so I'll say it again. The best baseball player born on your birthday has to get on base to save your life. The pitcher he's facing is the game one starter of the World Series champs the year you graduated high school. Do you live to see tomorrow? I will tell you who the pitcher is because we all graduated the same year is Josh Beckett. Josh Beckett, okay. So what you need to do is look up who the best player is and 
it could be somewhat subjective because you might have good people. My birthday was a terrible day for ex-major league ba- baseball players to be born. I do have one Hall of Famer born on my birthday. His name is Billy Hamilton, and he played last played in 1866. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Can so I don't think like then? I don't think I would have lived to see tomorrow. In that case, I think Beckett probably would have won that matchup. Yeah. Now, how did you, how did you, did you find like a, like a whole list of people born on? on yeah. Yeah. Ethan, so I Googled, baseball reference. Come yeah. On. yeah, I know. You but how, this, where do you go? Just Google your birthday, uh, born, Players baseball player born, born on October 25th. Yeah. Okay. It, it should be right at the top. Baseball. Yeah, that's right. I remember your birthday. Yeah. I'm very impressed. <laughs> uh, Matt's September 29th. So he's going to get the first, first birthday bash on the podcast. It's going to be an insane. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Well, I'm telling you, September 29th was not a good day for uh, it's not a good day for baseball players. Uh, highlights from the list: Shelly Duncan. Ooh. Oh, there we go. He could um, hit a homer though. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> I've got to go. I wouldn't want him getting on base. Um, oh, I there's not there's I think so. You're dead, huh? I'm dead. Do you not have a Hall of Famer? Um, no, the the highest war, and we'll get into for you, your listeners. We'll get into that later uh, later in our sabermetrics uh, talk. Unit. Yeah. The higher the highest war I've got is 38. <laughs> I'm dead. Yeah, and that dead. was 38 back in 1862. <laughs> wow. Okay. So is that sorry? Is that the end, Matt? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, who would you choose though? Who who who's the best hitter that you can see on your um, list? I would choose Johnny Johnson. He played in 1914 for two years, and he had the highest on base percentage of ever anyone on this list. I'd go with that. <laughs> All right, that's good. <laughs> All right. So first thing is the best player born on my birthday is Pedro Pedro Martinez. Um, who obviously, as we talked about this actually last week, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and I think we all agree in our opinion the the greatest two season stretch of all time for any pitcher. But anyways, since this scenario involves somebody having to get on base against Josh Beckett, I have Juan Soto. So there we go. Oh, you jerk. I'm alive, baby. You jerk. Juan Soto. Yep. I got Juan Soto and Pedro. I got a good birthday for baseball players. Yeah. Yeah. And and Smokey Joe Wood. He was pretty good back in the day. I don't even know if I've got anyone on this list that I recognize. Like, yeah, mine mine was a bunch of no namers too. Wow, that's so funny. You would think there have been enough players that like every single birthday would have some like really really great, you know, or at least someone player worth noting. Yeah, know? yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, even if not I, a Billy, Hall of Billy Famer, Hamilton's a Hall of Famer, but he played yeah. in 1866. Like, yeah, like that's yeah, that's that's bullshit. Yeah. When when you when you first said Billy Hamilton, I was thinking of like the 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 present era billy hamilton right. who's got a who's super who's fast. terrible at getting on base but once he is on base it's super fast yeah 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 exactly <laughs> yeah 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 i thought it was a fun game i i didn't know yeah, that's, that's interesting yeah i didn't realize at first when i read it that it had to be from the winning team because i was like well who, how do you pick who the pitcher is then because obviously there's two pitchers that start the game and then i read it again and i was like okay well the red sox won in 2007 then i I was surprised that it was beckett i thought it was going to be uh lester or uh i don't even know who i thought else it could have been but i had forgotten that that whole trade had gone down before then and yeah 
and that's he was really uh, good for a couple of years there. Yeah, I mean, I think he was pretty good from 03 to 09. I think 10. he was up and down. Wasn't it him that was like really good on odd years? There was somebody who was like really good on odd numbered years and was like kind of mediocre on even numbered years. I feel like I feel like it was Beckett, but I might be misremembering. Yeah. But anyways, know. that's neither here nor there. Speaking of John Lester, anyone see the home run he hit the other day? I think I saw the highlight of that. Yeah, like a 420 foot home run to deep center. Wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I yeah. didn't even know he was still playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Probably yeah, who, still can't throw to first base, but um who who's he on? Is he on the Cubs? Uh the Nats. The Nats. This is um this is way late. This happened like several weeks ago at this point, but I don't think we talked about it. I assume you guys saw the highlight of the um, Fernando Tatis, like the double jump thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pretty fucking wild. It's, it's, I mean, it's not strictly a double jump like you would have in a video game, but it's about the right. closest thing I can imagine <laughs> an actual human being doing to it. It's like really pretty cool to watch. It's just an optical illusion with his legs. Yeah, but it still looks pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, if yeah. you're being, come on, are you going to be the rain cloud over me? Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm the one who actually appreciates it. Yeah, it's, it's just cool. It's cool to watch. Oh, that was pretty cool. I, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, seeing seeing sports close back to normal uh, has been has been fun. Seeing huge, yeah. seeing highlights, seeing people in parks, seeing kind of the joy out there has has been fantastic. Yeah. Except for the Yankee COVID breakout, that's been real yeah, shitty. yeah, yeah, that's shitty. yeah. Although uh, some some guys are coming back, I think starting this week. Um, although at this point. Fuck it. Leave, leave the scrubs in there. You know, <laughs> there was somebody on the roster. I looked at the box score like yesterday or the day before a name I've literally never heard before. I was going to ask you guys. Yeah. They had a, they had a triple A AAA catcher called up in to replace uh, Higashioka. Okay. Maybe. It was and uh, since D, DJ LeMahieu, because you know, the Yankees don't have enough problems. He was out yesterday with a stomach virus. <laughs> so they had, they had their backup catcher playing first base because they have no one else to play there. So Amazing. Oh, one Grant, of your one of your cornerstone positions guy. where you can put a big guy who can just swing the bat. The bat, you know, they've got a backup catcher from Scranton who's bounced around to six teams and then the majors. But again, they were passable. Um, Rugnet Odor batted third last night. He's batting third tonight, bud. So that uh, so that tells you where the Yankees are right now. And don't get me wrong; he has some pop. He can hit homers, but he can't really do anything else. If you want to talk about you know OPS, I can go and find it. But he's he's not exactly a good all around offensive player. He's and got so, that DD swing though. Like when he hits it, he knows it. He just flips the yeah. bat away like DD used to. The one the other just, night was a bomb. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. But but the fact well, that he's hitting third is ugh. they they um John John in Philadelphia now, and so since it's the Phillies game, it's blacked out on on MLB TV. So mm. I only get the radio stream. And and John Sterling, the the, the longtime Yankees uh, broadcast announcer, radio broadcast announcer. Spent about five minutes talking about how they were last in the AL East and run scored, which it's the Yankees and they're last in the and, and one, like second to last in the, all of the AL and run scored, which is just it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, this is bad. This is really, bad. really bad. But but they've won eight of eleven, yep. so which they is still have time miracle. to turn it around. Yeah. Considering the roster, oh my god, that's but, unbelievable. But the the sad part, the rain cloud there, Ethan is. Uh, even though they've won eight of 11, I think they picked up like a total of two games in the Red Sox or something like that. Like, 
Uh, yeah. So. yeah, it's a pretty deep hole. I mean, if we'll see, I trust, I trust in cash. We've obviously debated uh, cash for those who don't know, Brian Cashman, the Yankees general manager, us three, we kind of debate about his, his merit, um, a decent amount. I I'm still, I think pretty, I'm fully in the camp of cash. I, I, I totally trust him. Um, and you guys can chime in after this, what you, what your current thought is, but this deadline I think is going to be pretty huge. Um, you know, if, if he can pull the trigger and, and make a couple really, really good deals, um, you know, that could be, that could be the difference between like a real, or an actual good, uh, second half that puts us in contention and, and one that doesn't, I mean, I might be overrating it, but it seems like we probably, actually, we probably have to at least try. It would be my guess. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't know what the fix is, but I am in your camp that I'm, I trust Cashman and yeah. is doing everything that he can, no matter what those three day old Twitter Yankee fans will tell you. Yeah. And I just don't know. I don't, you know, Theo was saying how, you know, he doesn't think that you should be in a position like this longer than 10 years. Like it gets stale. And obviously Brian's been with the organization pretty much as long as we've been alive. And, and he's been yeah. general manager above since 1998. So a very, long time but i don't know who does it better or who aligns more i guess is the more important part with hail on everything and uh yeah i i don't know i i it's the whole spoiled thing like you you would think that we've lost 100 games and i say we i'm talking about the yankees you would think that the yankees have lost 100 games for 20 straight years, the way that some, some fans complain. complain about it. I, yeah, I saw, I saw, and then, and then continue. Sorry. One quick interjection. I saw a little headline the other day from one of these like popular Yankee blogs. I think it's like Yanks go yard or, or Bronx pinstripes. One of those or something. And the headline was like, um, Brian Cashman should be fired for the John Carlos Stanton trade, but here's why he won't or something. And I'm like, that's just so fucking ridiculous. Like, like thinking that this brilliant career should be ended on that one trade. <laughs> I mean, it's just insane. And also G is like really good. Yeah. He has trouble staying healthy. So does fucking everybody. And you know what? Here's the thing too. Um, the biggest the prob- finger wagging, <laughs> yeah. the biggest problem with the Yankees this year, other than the injuries, which is just shitty luck is, is underperformance. Like two co- like what Colin's talking about is exactly right. The roster coming into this year, the roster was fucking, stacked we weren't worried about this team it's underperformance glaber has been horrible gary up until the last couple weeks horrible g has been big time hit or miss dj lemayhu has gone back to what he was prior to 2019 which who who said that that same here happen you and i were you and i were in a line matt matt loved he he still leads the team in hits he still leads the team in hits hits. still leads the underperforming team in hits the thing yeah it's all about the underperformance and the bad luck of the injuries. That's, that's like the biggest thing. So like, so, so saying that just because of the G trade, he should be gone to me is, is like kind of a crazy overreaction, but anyways, sorry, I digress. Well, we're getting close to the hour mark. Yeah. So I was going to, I was going to steer towards uh, our, our pop culture topics. again. Let's do it. Oh, up. I forgot we did that last time. Yeah. So, so we talked about live music last week and I had an opportunity to go see a band I really, really liked last night, but I couldn't go. See, like I'm getting old now. I can't just, can't just go out there and see bands all the time. Now hey, we're all so the same those, age. For, yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm old. 
He he works like crazy hours and everything. You Dude, know. I have a kid. <laughs> yeah, Oh, fair but enough. you know. Yeah, I'm the one with the cushy life right now. <laughs> Actually. um, so just a, like a, so I, I love this band, Electric Six. Um, they're goofy, they're weird. Uh, if you Google them or YouTube them, they've got some pretty wacky um, music videos and some pretty wacky songs. But they're essentially nonsense music, um, and their whole point is. They've stated they only care that every song that they make you can dance to is pretty much all they care about. But anyway, they were in town last night and it's like an hour and a half away. I don't want to go and drive all the way to the north side of Philly to see them. But I bought a ticket anyway. And that was going to be my PSA is, you know, I bought a ticket anyway to try and support them. It's got to be tough being a tour music act right now. Um, I got lucky enough that the music venue they were playing at up, uh, and I think it was Sellersburg, Pennsylvania, uh, actually live streamed the show. So I actually had to buy a second ticket. Uh, for 10 bucks to see the live stream but i was able to sit home and Nice. uh get some stuff done at home and, and stream it uh, on my my tv at home which was a lot of blast so I, I really did enjoy that but um you know electric six i'll come for you at some point uh i don't know you know they're playing in baltimore tonight so obviously I, you know I, podcast duties
you know, we did, there is one, we don't have time for it now, but there is, I think one, one request, a heavy request that we did not address this, this time. Yes. I know who you're talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Maybe yeah. we do that next time. Uh-oh. I'm a Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Oh, oh yeah. 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 Oh, that'll, yeah. that'll come. That'll come eventually. I mean, that'll, okay. that'll be a, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm already anticipating your rant on Trevor Bauer, Ethan. <laughs> like I'm already, well, um, and maybe we can dial into Colin because Colin's our, our Twitter expert here. Uh, Trevor's got a very prolific Twitter history out there. That's true. Right. Um, there's also, like, you know, Trevor's got his own stuff going on. You know, he, whether you want to talk about like the kind of the, the spin rate sticky stuff, stuff that's been going on this year in the majors, or he's got a pretty, pretty shitty Twitter following out there that actually um, went after a couple of his critics on Twitter. And, and it was pretty, uh, pretty ugly the way things ended there. So, oh, uh, I there's didn't definitely, that. oh, okay. yeah, there's, there's a definitely a really meaty segment out there on, on, on Trevor Bauer. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll I have think, to dig into that. I think we're going to have to get the pulse of the listeners to see how deep they want us to go into yeah. this web because he is, this is nothing new. He has been a lightning rod for a long time and, and right. uh, it's, he's in a pretty tough spot right now to say the least. And yeah. we can, yeah. I guess, figure that out in future episodes, but yeah. we, we've heard, we've heard the request from, from people and uh, well, we're, we're considering it. Maybe we'll we, get to it next we should. time. We should. If we're, maybe, if maybe we address we it once the uh, Pasadena stuff. police are figured, finished with their investigation. Yeah, I mean, we could wait, but who knows how long that'll take? I That's feel like point. I feel like you know, if we're if we're not talking about like the actual like important newsworthy shit that's going on, like I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about baseball probably more than anything else in terms of pure time. If we're not talking about the shit that's like really in the news and is kind of important, like outside of baseball as well, you know, I feel like we should. I feel like that would be kind of weird not to so agreed all right say goodbye to the podcast goodbye podcast goodbye listeners